The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Money starts right now, live from the Nasdaq market site overlooking New York City's Times Square. I'm Melissa Lee. Your traders on the desk are Tim Seymour, Brian Kelly, Dan Nathan, and Guy Adami. Tonight on Fast, Netflix Nirvana, Wall Street binging on the stock this year. It is surging from the December lows, up more than 40%. Will the euphoria continue after its earnings report? Plus, it is the most feared indicator on Wall Street, the death cross, rearing its head this time on the 10-year yield. We'll tell you what it could mean for the bond market. But we start off with the tale of two markets. As we sit here on the eve of earnings, it's been the best of times and the worst of times for stocks heading into the season. On one page, you've got Apple and its major warning sending shockwaves throughout the market. On the other, there's General Motors today with a forecast surprise sending the stock surging. So which one is the true tell in the market? Is this earnings season going to be a wreck? Or a refresh for investors. Guy. Two questions there. Yes. Answer the first question would be, I think Apple's more of a tell mm. in terms of consumer. Listen, General Motors guide higher is interesting, but if you go back to their Halloween earnings report, which was their third quarter, that was a quarter, in my opinion, to buy the stock. I think the stock was probably trading around 33 and a half, 34 at the time it's rallied since. This guidance makes EPS growth year over year probably flatter so. Valuation's compelling, but I don't think that's a tell in terms of the consumer. The real tell, I think, is Apple and their inelasticity in pricing. And in terms of earnings, you know, earnings are the mother's milk of the market. I've heard Larry Kudlow say that. Well, I'm going to tell you what it doesn't mean. It means you better be looking for another cow because this (laughs) earnings season ain't going to go all that well. I'm looking for Look, as much as it's nice to say that one company is an entire indictment upon the consumer, first of all, I I think Apple's issues are Apple's. Apple's not innovating. Apple's gone through a a refresh cycle that has become elongated. We we know the stories, whether it's a lack of subsidies, uh, whether it's the Chinese consumer that's under some duress right now. Um, GM's story, to me, is all about a company that no one ever believes is going to hit their numbers. So every time they reaffirm, this is what happens to the stock. So neither are tells. Neither are tells, and nor is Macy's. If you want to go to Macy's, you want to Look, the bottom line is every one of these is either a company-specific. In GM's case, it's absolutely a a secular dynamic in their sector. Um, In Apple's case, I think it's company-specific. So I I don't know. I look at the transport. I look at FedEx telling you things are weak. I look at the airlines warning. To me, those are economy-wide. You know, maybe you can make an argument about Apple. You can make an argument about GM. I know Yeti came out with some great earnings after the close. Or Yeti. Great, Yeti. Yeti. Yeah, the like big expensive cooler? coolers. Cooler well, right, company. but you would think if you, a big expensive cooler is probably the last thing you buy if you don't have any scratch in the bank. So people have some scratch. But if you look at the economy-wide, FedEx, Airlines, to me, tell me things aren't going to look good. Do you good have next a week. Yeti BK? I do, in fact. Okay, yeah. then. I, I have wow. the Yeti koozies that go on the. the uh, those cost like 35 bucks to keep your Bud oh, Light can cold. Yeah. Okay, I'm just saying. So here's what I think. <laughs> you guys are talking well about what those pre announcements meant for the economy. What I think is really important as far as market expectations. As far as Apple, after its sell off, I don't think anybody expected the magnitude of the revenue miss that they had. And that was really important. And that stock was down 
ten percent in a. Is clip. that a consumer story? Well, hold on, Tim. It's good. She but wasn't the, that what we started? She asked the question. She asked the question. Here. You have I'm an answer. Answer. already, so here's gentlemen. The thing about we're, we're GM, talking about the consumer, which was really interesting, is that expectations were actually pretty low. And then you have a situation here where they guide to a level where I was reading a bunch of research reports today. There's very few analysts who think they're actually going to hit this 2019 guidance. So why would you, in the second week of the year, after your stock has massively underperformed over the last five years, why would you raise guidance at a time where there's mulligans all over the place? Because that's where your business is. What are you talking about? You're saying that a company will actually, if their business is going well, and in fact, it's been underpriced by the market because people look at the auto sector, they say peak autos, and they you know, you've been outlining this dynamic for a long time. The bottom line is this company is very, very cheap. So what did for they guide U.S. Us autos to? 17 points. million? So what? it's been give or take like 50 cars around 17 million for years, and they've not been able to do it increasingly uh, more profitable. They have very li- little I think visibility. They are, Look at the gaps for the last I'm not going to tell you that the stock has done well. We, we split them up. I'm not going to tell you that split the stock has outperformed and that it's re-rating. Bottom line here is that the auto sector for the last two years has been approved to me, and every time GM over the last three quarters has had a chance to reaffirm numbers, they have. And, and, the stock and, that, and then investors sell it. And then investors sell. But we're talking about the company and we're talking about whether it's an indictment on their core business or the consumer. By the way, GM is a company that I think is very well positioned for uh, for robo drive and for, you know, effectively the EV world that I think a lot of other auto companies are given an enormous multiple for. And I think this I think the stock is undervalued. So I love hearing that. And I don't think the company should, you know, basically take a mulligan when, in fact, how they've much, been pushed how around. How much is China uh, GM's revenue? It's pro- it's probably yeah, I was going to say it's probably 20 to 25. And that's through their JV. Two-thirds is North America. What what fascinated me was GM's ability to raise forecasts so robustly in the face of the question marks surrounding China. I mean, we have Apple on one hand. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can say it's company-specific stories, but what these companies are saying about China individually... It's the only only company out there that's actually done this, right? So you have one data point versus a plethora of data points. To me, maybe GM has something special going on that we don't know about. Yeah, North American pickup trucks. Okay, so that's the only thing. That's the only thing. I mean, that's it. That's all I got. Look, what's going on in the auto industry, again, is structural. You have have basically uh, supply that's coming offline that's inefficient. You've got European production that's flailing. But that's not a tell on the market then. That's an individual thing. What? That's an individual thing, specific to GM I, I or at least the auto industry. It's, I, it's not I, a tell against so can the market. We, can we separate this conversation then? Okay, you think it's a GM-specific story. You think Apple's a tell in terms of the earnings picture. This, What is a tell in your – are you expecting earnings to be disappointing or not? From the broader market. Yeah, for the broader Look, market. I, I think what we've said is we expect an environment where – most companies, especially in the industrial and cyclical world, are going to tell you about the things we've been hearing about for three to six months. And I won't bore you with them because we know what they are. So, yes, we've got financials coming out next week. Um, the banks, to me, as, a, as an entire sector, are trading significantly cheaper than the bottom end of a range when they've traded going into a pre-recession environment, which I'm not saying we're in. I'm saying that banks at 8.7 times P.E. relative to a historical of around nine and a half are very, very cheap. And they're not going to tell you how great the world is, but you have to get back to a place where valuations really matter. I'm not suggesting, by the way, that anybody in the desk has done this, but all the way up in Apple, when Apple kept raising their prices, we pointed to a People would point to the health of the consumer in the United States and globally. They're willing to pay for it. They're willing to pay for it. So if we make that argument, now you you can't then just say, well, it's got to speak to the health of the consumer or maybe their inability to continue to move move forward on the price curve. So I do think it's a tell on the consumer. And in terms of earnings, 
I do think I, I, it's shocking to me that the market is resilient as it is, given some of the warnings we've heard and the fact that the S&P is up 10.5% or 11% now since Christmas Eve. That, to me, is really interesting. Maybe it's a huge setup to sell it into earnings over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, listen, I said this. We were on the desk on January 2nd when Apple dropped that bomb. And I said this is the best possible scenario, especially after the volatility that we saw in December, if you had a bunch of companies come out and just take down 2019 guidance. And this is what Chris Harvey said last night on the desk also. That's the best possible scenario, low expectations. That's the issue I have with GM. If you look back over the last few years, every single time they've stuck their head out, it's gotten smacked down. The last time the stock was uh, in the high 30s, early 40s, what happened? SoftBank invested in their uh, autonomous drive thing, and the stock is down 15% months later. What, What I'm saying is investors have used every pop as an opportunity to sell it. If I'm this management... And knowing what the headwinds are to global macro environment, I'm being more conservative but, than more. But Mary Barra and company aren't necessarily doing this for the, the stock so market. Said, they're talking the about thing, their bud. business. We're going to see in three months. They're okay, executing but, like, on their targets. It, it's recent you're, history. You're saying that the company is wrong to report to the world that actually they're going to hit their numbers. So can I, don't I ask get you a that. question? On November 1st, when Tim Cook, when, they, when Apple gave their guidance, they had one month into that holiday quarter already. They knew a whole heck of a lot more than they told, than they guided to. That's the point. These companies should have a lot of visibility. That's, and well, then when they my, give guidance what, like I think that, you're saying two different things. No, I think, I'm not. I think Tim Cook maybe should be... Um, should be criticized for being very different two months after he gave a very different guidepost, even though that guidepost wasn't great. Um, I think in GM's case, no one believes that this company is able to exist, first of all, in a new world where you've got electric vehicles and, and also a world where, frankly, labor costs have gone through the roof and these guys are being forced to play in an environment where they can't close certain certain non-competitive production. I think the company should be applauded. I think GM's doing everything they're supposed to. I think you raise a good point about Tim Cook and the guidance that he gave, what, at the end of November versus the very beginning of January. It was a very, very different story. But we've heard it from every company, though. But that's, that's, and that's my concern because every, the companies that have warned they cited December as being some, something happened something in December happened. where people stopped spending exactly. in December. And so for the companies that have not yet pre-announced, you wonder, did they also see that, that switch turn off? I think you have to worry about that. And I also have to think you have to worry about the magnitude of the misses like Apple did. Particularly, right. I, the, the setup for the market going into earnings is not really great in the short term. We've had a massive rally up to 2600 on the S&P, right? Anticipating that some of the bad news is out there. Now, all of a sudden, you get magnitudes of earnings warnings, that could be a problem. So so I just want to make one point. When you think about this, we still have steel tariffs with Canada. You know, NAFTA 2.0 has not been ratified. They still exist. So we have the China trade issues. We know that steel costs are greater than expected. You think about all these headwinds. We have almost a million federal workers that are furloughed. These are probably people who like to buy uh, trucks, you know, you know, that sort of thing. So what I'm saying is, it's just like, listen, this company's going to report on February 6th. And I guarantee you that it's going to be a very different report than what we saw today and a very different reaction. I don't really understand why a company reaffirming their numbers should be ridiculed because they're not tanking it. This is what I don't understand about this conversation. I think Melissa brought it back to is the consumer did something break down in mid in mid December when and we hear this from Apple. Consumer, it com- By the way, look at FedEx. It's exactly right? what Macy's told us too. Story. They said they came smoking out of the gates for the holiday season and somewhere by mid December something really petered out. And I do think that confidence was shaken. On the back of the stock market, which backs up sort of the argument I've been trying to make. Does the stock market cause people's spending patterns? Mm. 
Negative wealth Circle. effect. Neg- mm-hmm. You and your French talk. Coming Neg- up. Yeah. Viva la France. Uh, the banks will be the first sector to face the earnings music next week, and you won't believe what the chartmaster is saying about the group ahead of their big moment. Plus, Netflix is surging now up more than 40% from the December lows, and Dan Nathan says there is one chart that will tell you where the stock is heading next. We've got all the details, and later, energy has been the hottest trade of the year, but according to one of our traders, it could be about to cool off. He'll explain why. We're live from Times Square in New York City. Much more fast money right after this. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Welcome back to Fast Money. One of the most feared technical indicators rearing its head. The 10-year yield officially entering into the dreaded death cross. That's when the 50-day moving average falls below the 200-day moving average. So are we about to see a fallout in rates? Beakers. No. I don't think so. I mean, first of all, the death cross, I think at this point, yeah, I'm poo-pooing it and I'm beating it to death because it doesn't work. If it worked, none of us would be sitting here. We'd just be trading the death cross all day long. So number one, it doesn't work. Number two, the Fed has already told you they do not want a flat yield curve. So if you think about the way that they're going to structure their balance sheet over 2019, they want a steep yield curve. They already told you that. They want to do a thing called reverse operation twist, where they end up buying the short end of the curve and selling out the long end of the curve. Yield curve steepens. Yields are going higher on the 10-year. Well, except for that the Fed, I don't think, controls the long end of the curve. They do with their balance sheet. Well, except for the fact that if the market is is taking the long rates down as much as that might imply, and I know you don't believe in the, in the death cross, um, the Fed's not going to be able to be as aggressive on their balance sheet as, as they want to be. So, I mean, I, it's a it's a reverse. though. so they sell off the long end and they buy the short end. And then you have U.S. government issuing 10 year. You get a ton of supply on the 10 year. That's if if they're selling off their balance sheet. I mean, I, the way I look at it is they can't be as aggressive in terms of. But they take whatever they sell off on the long end. They buy on the on the short end. It's like operate. It's reverse operation twist. Rock. That's what it is. That's, it's remember the scene in Top Gun when when Maverick no. explains how he was looking at the no. MIG, but he was inverted. That's what that whole thing. <laughs> That's what that I was, was inverted. Oh, number one. Yeah. Remember that yeah. was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Great Too line. close for missiles. I'm yeah. switching to guns, guy. <laughs> fantastic. At any rate, I would say this: in order for me, in order for the yield curve not to invert. They're going to have to lower rates in the front end, and that ain't happening because the back end, I think, continues to go lower. So I think I'm in Tim's camp and think that the curve actually will invert and will happen soon. Well, falling rates and a potentially inverted yield curve, just another headwind for financial. Citigroup shares, though, up after a rough year. The big bank now embracing activist value act capital, giving the firm more access to its books and board of directors. The two entering into what it is called an information sharing and engagement agreement, which will allow for a deeper level of engagement and cooperation. So what can make Citigroup rally? What should Value Act try and do, in your view? 
I, in my opinion, yeah. cities got to come clean. I'm not suggesting they're not, but they got to come clean with every European exposure they have and put it out there for the market to understand. Because I think the reason why Citibank is trading below tangible book value is it concerns with what they have in Europe, and that's st- and that stems from me with all the problems at why Deutsche Bank. This is the point where Tim starts whining. What do you mean come clean? Like, what are they going to do? That's a come clean mantra. That was something that we've always talked about. I got to tell you, I think. A big company <laughs> like Citigroup, I think to have value act in there, to have these sorts of, I think it's something that should make investors feel better about. I will say this is that you know if if the stock hadn't had like an 18% rally off of uh, lows a couple weeks, I'd say that the banks are pretty well set up for decent news to rally on further. But they kind of came back a bit here. So to me, I think you probably have a scenario with the whole group. I know we have a lot of them reporting next week where they are range bound within this last few weeks. I don't think you're going to see anything break. Or our colleague Wilfred Frost. Love Wilf. On a closing, as we all do, yeah. on the closing that Bell, that for instance, Bank of America last year, throughout 2018, posted earnings that beat expectations. Yes. And what did the stock do? Nothing. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Although, what we've seen with the last, I think, three quarters, definitely the last two, banks seem to have this very lackadaisical, sometimes mildly negative reaction to earnings. And then we've actually seen as earnings have gotten stronger for uh, other groups, banks have really started to rally. I think people uh, underestimate the fact that NIMS are going to be actually better. Uh, I think the problem with what's going on with, with mortgage rates is that actually the mortgage business is going to be under some pressure. But I think the other parts of their business are actually reasonably healthy, and I expect the numbers to be fine. I mean, you get value act is getting a value in this, right? I mean, they're trading below book value. So in my view, unless you think that there is a global recession in the very near future, and I'm talking about the next three, six months, then these are valuable at this point in time, particularly if you think there's any steepening or at least no more flattening in the yield curve and the economy is solid or smooth, not going lower, then you're all right buying the banks. I know we got to go to commercial real quick. David Solomon, Goldman Sachs, new CEO. He's going to be on the conference call, I believe, on Wednesday. Interesting. It is interesting because there's only downside, in my opinion, for him being on that call. Ah. Mm. For more on how to fix city, you can head on over to CNBC.com. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC. First in business worldwide. Here's what else is coming up on Fast. Hasta la vista, baby. Yep, it's almost judgment day for the bank stocks. And the chartmaster is saying goodbye to the sector. He'll tell you what has him pressing the sell button. Plus, a number of pot stocks are surging today, but not for the reason you might think. We'll tell you what has shareholders loving the high. There's much more Fast Money right after this break. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. 
Welcome back. Cannabis producer Afria announcing today that both its CEO and co-founder will step down, sparked by two short sellers targeting the company that sent the stock plunging late last year. Leslie Pickers back at headquarters with the details. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Melissa. CEO Vic Neufeld and co-founder Coley Cacciavillani are leaving Afria in the coming months. The company did not immediately appoint a new CEO, nor did it specify what exactly incited their resignations. But some in the market have been looking to that recent short seller report for potential answers. Hindenburg Research published a report in early December which said that Afria had been diverting 700 million Canadian dollars toward unscrupulous transactions. The short seller said that Afria was buying assets in Latin America that were effectively worthless to line the pockets of insiders. Shares of Afria plummeted more than 25 percent in December as investors digested that report. Afria put out a statement at the time saying the short seller report was a, quote, malicious and self-serving attempt to profit by manipulating Afria's stock price at the expense of Afria's shareholders. Afria also said that in connection with a Latin American acquisition from September, it had received financial advice and a fairness opinion from a reputable firm. But then days later, the board announced that it had formed a special committee to review that deal while reiterating its confidence in the process leading to the acquisition. The company has not yet disclosed their findings from that special report, although Newfield noted on this morning's earnings call that the special committee is making, quote, good progress. Afria announced second quarter revenue of about $22 million in connection with the executive changes today. Afria's stock closed up 5%, while cannabis peers Tilray and Kronos soared higher as well, Melissa. All right, Leslie, thank you. Leslie Picker back at headquarters. You might have noticed the 20% pop in Tilray shares. Privateer coming out with a statement saying effectively that um, insiders would not be selling into the lockup uh, period, which expires in the first half of this year. Yeah, and Tilray's a big, if, you, you know, if you're investing in cannabis on a market cap weighted basis, Tilray's you know, the, the animal that will move the market around. And if you look at, uh, the, in, if you look at the, the cannabis sector overall, it's actually up about 35% year to date off of these depressed levels, I should say from Christmas Eve lows, which takes you right back to just maybe 5% above where this market was before the Constellation deal in mid-August, which to me tells you, think of all that's happened between now and then. So I'm not going to argue for fantastic valuations. I think the public markets got way ahead of themselves, corrected, and actually looked interesting here. All Santa Fria is, is very simple. In an industry like this, and whether it's a new asset class or with smaller companies or newer companies or even bigger companies, corporate governance is essential. And, and I think you have to really do a lot of extra work here. And the capital structures, even at some of the companies like Tilray, which I'm not suggesting there's anything bad going on, I'm saying that the capital structure is a big reason why the stock has moved the way it has. So please do your work because it's a very complicated sector. And that's what moves these stocks. Were you worried about the corporate governance at Afria? Well, look, I think a lot of people felt that this was one of the bellwethers in Canada. This is a company that certainly had a history in the wellness space. Vic Newfield is a CEO who had success uh, in the vitamin industry, etc. Uh, they do have assets. They are producing. Um, there's certainly been some insider transactions that look very dubious. And I think the market has decided. And, and look, this investigation... Um, there's some bizarre elements of this investigation. I mean, they haven't really announced anything, and yet you have people stepping down. Um, but there are real assets at this company. And there are other companies. I mean, if you don't want to go into the bot space, there's Novartis, there's Constellation Brands. I mean, there are all sorts of companies. Well, I mean, Constellation Brands, Altria. I mean, the, the guide on Constellation Brands was disastrous. Yeah. I mean, they're basically telling you that their business is deteriorating at a rapid pace, and you wonder that at a certain point, valuation makes sense. I don't think you're there yet, though. All right. Time for the final trade on this Friday. Let's go around the horn. Tim. 
Yeah, look, I, I think you don't have to buy GM tomorrow, but I like the fact that this, re, this company is reaffirmed and is running their business as efficiently as they can. I think, actually, the auto space, while maybe not being that interesting, this is best of breed. BK Brian Kelly. Well, I would say don't be fooled by the ridiculous death cross, which never, ever works. Wow. Rates wow. could be going higher. You buy TBT. You by a death cross? Yeah, you know what? I kind of, I was a little, a little strong worded, but I feel that way. At risk reverse. Keywords by Tim there, you don't have to buy GM tomorrow. I don't think you have to buy it tomorrow. I think you're going to have an opportunity to buy it much lower that in the coming months here. That's so what we do here. Yeah. Split them up there. Yeah. Uh, guy. Angry show tonight for a Friday. It's a, <laughs> it's a spirited, that's all. Football weekend. So Netflix reports, I believe, on the 17th of January, which is next week. And you saw an upgrade today. I think you're going to see upgrades Monday and Tuesday. And I think the stock will continue to rally into earnings, Melissa Lee. After moving right, 40%. Yes, Tim. Okay. That does it for us. We'll be back here Monday at 5. Don't move. Options action starts right after this break. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.